0: Welcome to the New Hope Podcast. Our mission at New Hope is to engage our city with the love of Jesus, one relationship at a time. We pray this message encourages you in encountering God's love and displaying it to your city. We hope to see you soon. All right, all right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. So good to see all of you. Uh, Welcome this pretty but cold Sunday afternoon. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us. If you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter 20. We are continuing in our Ten Commandments series um, as we just walk through each of the the Ten Commandments over a period of 10 weeks. In week number one, uh, we looked at commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. And we talked about how that uh, is a clear uh, declaration of god 's supremacy and authority over our lives, and that plays out practically in how we worship Him and honor him with our lives and our time talents treasures, and that carried over into last week as we talked about that you shall make no graven images that we shall now create any idols in the image of God in that attempt to do so, and we also talked about as that connected with commandment number one that we are to once again still have no idols. In our lives. And we talked about the importance of keeping Christ first and above all in our lives, even over our families, over our careers, over our possessions. Christ is first and foremost, and that He loves us and He desires us to worship Him so much that He's jealous for us and that He will pursue after us. And then this week, we will look at commandment number three, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. But I want to read the um, Exodus 20 verses one through seven, which will get us from commandment one all the way up to commandment number three. Exodus chapter 20 verse one. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. verse seven, which is commandment number three. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. When we look at do not take the Lord's name in vain, um, I, I honestly, just even in preparation for this sermon and even in recent history, have really began to really process this in a much deeper way than I growing up understood this passage i understood this passage straightforward to mean basically do not use god's name in the form of profanity it should not replace a four-letter word or anything like that which i would argue very much so Is a way that this text can be applied. But as we walk through tonight's sermon, I want us to see that do not take the Lord's name in vain means so much more than simply the use of profanity in relation to God's name. The main point of today's sermon, as it is for all of these sermons in the Ten Commandments, is basically just the commandment itself. The main point is simple do not take the Lord's name in vain. I think to understand that, we first need to understand what, it, what does it mean to take in vain? What does vain mean? Simple definition of how this Hebrew word is used. It, is, it means that to make something worthless, empty, or common. Worthless, empty, or common. So do not take the Lord's name and make it worthless or make it empty of its value or make it just common with anything else. We understand this definition, it opens up the meaning of do not take the Lord's name well beyond just a malicious use in profanity, but it opens it up to a few other things. So three truths tonight as we unpack, do not take the Lord's name in vain. Truth number one, I want us to look at the importance of God's name. The importance of God's name. The truth is this truth, the importance of God's name, we've been singing for the last 20 minutes. We've been talking about the importance of that name and what that name means in our lives. Acts 4.12 would say this, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That this is the only name, the importance of this name, that the name of Jesus and the name of God itself, understanding any name that ultimately is representation of God and speaks to who God is, that there is no other name other than Yahweh, other than Jesus, in which, under the heaven, in which mankind might be saved. Meaning there's nothing else that we can call upon for salvation. When you think about calling upon something, imagine you've ever been uh, in a difficult situation or in a place where you needed a favor. So, for example, maybe um, there might be, uh, if I were in Memphis, Tennessee, and I were to get pulled over for speeding, because in Memphis, they still actually have cops pull you over instead of a camera hidden every, around every corner to get your speeding ticket. If you're not aware, there's a camera hidden around every corner in New York City to get your speeding ticket. But if a cop pulled me over, I might be able to tell him, hey, um, my brother, Matthew Nason, is your friend, and he's a police officer also, and that might get me out of that speeding ticket, it might not. But, but what am I doing in that moment, which I've never actually done that, but you get the idea, is... I'm calling on a name that might get me out of a situation. And you may have done that before. You might know someone and you think that because you're knowing of that person that they might be able to get you out of a situation or might even get you in a situation. Networking is really important. It may not even be a negative. It may be a positive. Maybe you're needing a job and you want to apply somewhere and you know someone who's in leadership in that position. And by knowing them, it might help you get the job. You're, what you're doing is you're invoking a name in order to help you get an intended result. And so who you know often matters. Now notice what is being said in Acts chapter 4. When it comes to the need of salvation, when it comes to the need for the forgiveness of our sins, when it comes to not just getting out of a speeding ticket, but getting out of damnation because of our sin, there is no other name in which we can call upon. There's no other name that we can invoke that we can turn to. There's no other person that we can turn to for salvation. The importance of God's name. Charles read it at the beginning of service, but Philippians chapter 2, 9 and 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The importance of this name. There's no other name in which every knee will bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and every tongue that confess, but what the name that Jesus Christ is Lord. When we talk about the importance of different 10 commandments, for example, do not murder really important commandment, right? That's a really important commandment. And we think that, Hey, do not murder like, all right, that's really important. Let's I can understand Why do not murder, is in the top ten of the commandments. But just simply how we think and treat of a name? Like, is that equal? Like, just just how we use our language and just how we use the name of Jesus or use the name of God, how is that in comparison to something as horrendous as murder? Now, the fact that we even ask that question is already alluding to the reality we don't understand the importance of God's name. Because if we understood the importance of God's name, we would not without a question understand why how we treat the name of God reflects on how we treat God himself. Therefore, how we treat the name of God is a really important thing for us to consider. The importance of God's name. All of us understand the idea of a copyright or a trademark on a logo. What does that mean? If you have a logo and you have that circle C or that trademark on that logo, that means... That there are limits in which you can use that logo. And they're controlled by the person who has legal authority over that logo. And if you reach out to them and say, hey, may I use your logo? And they say, yes, you may use our logo. But we value our logo. We value our reputation. And we value our company. Therefore, if you're going to use it, you can use it within these parameters. Because in these parameters, we know that you are valuing our name. We know that you're treating our logo with reverence and respect in the way it was intended to. But if you step outside of those parameters, there are consequences. Why? Because if you, you do something in a way that they didn't intend for that logo to be used, it might not be to the benefit. It might hurt them. Therefore, there are constraints on how we use that. Well, this is essentially what God's doing. He's copywriting his name, in a sense, in a much more reverent way. But he's saying, my name matters. You, you, and you can't just go take a copyrighted logo and use it however you want. In the same way, you can't just go take my name and use it however you want. There's an intentionality and there's an importance and a reverence. There's an importance to my name. So the foundation of this commandment, do not take the Lord's name in vain, begins with understanding the importance of God's name. So this commandment speaks to the importance. This is in a very important name. God is important and how we treat his name is important. So it speaks to importance. Truth number two, this commandment gives us instruction concerning God's name. Not only does it give us the importance of God's name, but it gives us instruction concerning God's name. What are some ways that it gives instruction? First, um, if you want to kind of write these down as I just talk through them, is the first instruction as we can imply from this is that we are to not mock the name of God. Do not mock God's name. Do not mock God's name. This This is what I would bring into the category of blasphemy. This is where we intentionally deny and push away the name of God. The, the, in the New Testament, Jesus says, the unforgivable, unforgivable, unforgivable sin, I need to slow down. The unforgivable sin is that what? You blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Well, oh, that's a, okay, that's loaded. What, do, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of different ways to potentially answer that question, but to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you gotta understand what is the role of the Holy Spirit? The role of the Holy Spirit is to draw all men unto Jesus Christ and lift high Jesus Christ the person of the Holy Spirit, that is its primary mission is to lift high the name of Jesus. Because why? There's no other name under heaven in which one might be saved. And so if the Holy Spirit's role is to bring about the salvation and the saving work of Jesus, through the church, and through the preaching of the gospel, part of blaspheming the holy name is to straight out mock and reject the name of God. Straight out mock and reject the name of Jesus. This is why it's unforgivable. That if you reject Jesus, then your sins are not forgiven. Now I know there might be a more detailed way to answer that, but in simple, to mock the name of Jesus is to reject the name of Jesus and to say, and to intentionally speak down upon God's name. And This is what Scripture calls blasphemy. We're instructed not to mock the name of God. Second, not only do we not mock the name of God, we're instructed here not to misuse God's name. This is specifically maybe in the category of profanity. You may not be intentionally uh, and uh, straight out mocking God's name, but you may just be simply replacing uh, a word that is not positive with, with Jesus or with another thing, another type, in it, type of word, and you're using it in a way to bring about profanity. Growing up playing sports, um, it's very common for fans to just get excited and oftentimes not excited at refs or not excited about others. And I just remember the constant moments I would hear Jesus and in other words Uh, being used in profanity, and I would just want to go up to that person and tell them, I'm sorry, but the God I serve has nothing to do with that ref's decision. Like, it has nothing to do with that ref's decision. It has nothing to do with any of these things. Why do you keep misusing God's name in a profane way? And church family, I I want to, I I said it kind of in the beginning at the prayer, when we talk about the Ten Commandments overall, um, it's probably safe to say that None of us, or very few of us, hopefully none of us, have committed murder. But I did say that it's very likely that many of us have broken this commandment. And a lot of times it may be used right here in this moment of profanity. Right? And I'll even be willing to commit as a, or confess as a teenage boy wanting to be cool with his friends. I promise you there are probably plenty of moments where I misuse God's name as being described here. And so we are instructed to remember to take God's name in vain is to what? Make it worthless, empty, or common. And so worthless and empty often come from mocking and misusing. But we also, thirdly, we are instructed not to minimize God's name. How do we minimize God's name? That is in the definition to make it common. That we use it in regular language. It may not be blasphemy and it may not be profanity, but we use it flippantly. It's just like no big deal. And I'll be honest, this this is something that I hear within the church often today, whether it be this church or just the church in general. Statements like, oh my God. Statements that in moment of just whatever that someone just says Jesus or praise the Lord in a way that's not actually praising the Lord or actually not calling upon Jesus. I remember growing up and my parents used to get on to me all the time if I were to say the statement, oh my God. So I learned to say, oh my gosh. Well, I still got in trouble for saying, oh my gosh. Why? Because it was too close to, oh my God. And so now I'm only allowed to say, oh my goodness. And I grew up learning that I could only say, oh my goodness, because oh my gosh is fine, but it's too close to, oh my God. And oh my God is using God's name flippantly and just making it common. And my parents taught me we don't use God's name common. In church family, I want us to hear and hear me say and as we confess and work through this together that I believe to take the Lord's name is to make it common. By definition, vain is the most, the most common definition of vain is to make something common. God is saying to, to not take the Lord's name in vain doesn't mean just to speak of it negatively, but just to speak of it as equal with everything else. Just to, if you can replace Jesus or praise the Lord or oh my God with something else that has nothing to do with theology, then chances are you're using his name flippantly. And chances are you're minimizing it and you're making it common. This is one of the reasons why I pass this same thing on to my kids. Some would say that's just really legalistic to not be able to say oh my gosh. So you make them say oh my goodness. Maybe. But when it comes to the name of God, I I will err on the side of reverence and respect, even if it at times leads me into unnecessary legalism. And personally, I don't think that's the case. So church family, I want to challenge you. Where might we minimize and just use God's word flippantly? And I'll tell you, I've I've done this sometimes. You get good news, praise the Lord. Now, if you're really praising the Lord for the good news, then praise the Lord. But if you're really not, and you're just using it because that's the anecdotal sarcasm that comes out of your mouth, and not, not necessarily negative, because I can be sarcastic, and I can just kind of use that Christian language in a flippant way. And I want to challenge us that if you're really praising the Lord in that moment, then praise the Lord. But if you're not, then don't make His name common. Do you understand? That we're not just talking about profanity. We're talking about just some basic things. So I want to encourage you. Might, might you just simply switch out language out of reverence for God? And so an in instruction concerning God's name is, Do not mock God's name, blasphemy. Do not misuse God's name, profanity. Do not minimize God's name, which is to use it flippantly. And then lastly, do not misrepresent God's name, which is hypocrisy. All of us bear the name of Jesus. I remember um, my wife and I, we met on a Christian retreat. That was a combination of two churches. We didn't go to the same church. Um, and uh, we went to that same high school but didn't meet in high school um, because, well, we didn't meet for a lot of reasons. Uh, is she in? She's in here. Oh, I thought you were downstairs with the kids. Let's just say Jenna was a little more shy than I was, and so she's, she went around in a small circle, and I just never happened to come across her because she stayed in home ed, home what is it, home ec? What are those classes? Well, basically the classes... Um, where she she just was able to have a small circle of friends. Let's just leave it at that. So we never crossed. But then we met at a church retreat, and this has nothing to do with my point, but we're getting there. I just got flustered because my wife is in here. It's a lot easier to talk about her when she's not in here, and I thought she was working with the kids today. Uh, okay, so we met at this uh, Christian retreat. And this Christian retreat, um, eventually we met, and then um, there were other kind of adult and student versions of this retreat, the point is is that it was called Faith Walk, the one that was at our church that we eventually were a part of. And one of the things that Faith Walk did were people who went on this Faith Walk were really proud of it. It was an intentional discipleship retreat, and I'll, I'll just be honest, God used it. In my, in my life in ways that few other things have, and just be able to get my attention and to just bring me into deeper discipleship. The point is, God used that in, in a lot of people's lives to set a lot of people free as they just went through these intentional prayer, fasting, and dis- discipleship-type moments and whatever. The point is, is, because they were really proud of it, they were all given a car decal sticker that said, Faith Walk. And um, the problem with that is sometimes Christians don't act like Christians while driving the car. You know what I'm talking about? And so I was like, well, first of all, it's, it's not the nicest looking sticker, so I'm not putting it on my car. But the other reason was I got a little more New York in me now. And so there's a little bit of honking going on in places that probably don't, aren't normal in other places outside New York City. And so there's this moment of going like, hey, I'm not putting that sticker on my car because people in this community know that that's a Christian thing and I don't want to misrepresent Christ. And there was, it was an honest now, I should have never been in a situation where my driving ever misrepresented Christ. Okay, none of us ever are, right? None of us ever get in a moment where our driving misrepresent would misrepresent Christ. Um, but nonetheless, I was at least aware enough of my, Still need for sanctification that I was not going to put a Christian sticker on my car just in case. Why? Because if I knew that others knew that I was a Christian, then how sometimes I acted would greatly misrepresent Christ. Well, here's the challenge, do not take the Lord's name as vain, is that if you claim Christ as your King and Lord, you are claiming his name over your life, that should drastically change how we live our lives. It's kind of like waking up and you got a bumper sticker right here and you walk around with it all day long. So when we talk about do not take the Lord's name in vain, sometimes it doesn't always have to do with just our words, it has to do with the fact that we claim Jesus with our words and live our lives not according to that truth. And so for us, do not misrepresent God's name can be hypocrisy. So not take the Lord's name in vain, meaning that we don't blaspheme it, we don't profane it, we don't just use it flippantly. And then if we claim it, we actually live that with our lives. So truth number one, we see the importance of God's name. Truth number two, this commandment gives us instruction concerning God's name. And then last but not least, I want us to see that this commandment invites us to God's name. It invites us to it. First, it invites us to acknowledge the holiness of God. To revere His name is to revere Him. So one of the reasons why even now, um, but especially in Jewish custom as reading of the Old Testament, that when you come to the Hebrew word for Yahweh, that when reading it, they would simply say the word Adonai. Even now in our Hebrew class, in my Hebrew class, when we are reading, even though that we do not hold to that same Jewish custom as Christians, but even out of respect for that tradition and respect for the name of God, that when we come to Yahweh in the Hebrew Bible, we are taught to read it as Adonai. Why? Why? Because we revere the holiness and respect of Yahweh, the supreme name of God, of recognizing His greatness so great that we won't even say His name in common reading. Why? Because we acknowledge the holiness of God. And we recognize that holiness in how we treat His name. And so the invitation today is for you to acknowledge the holiness of God. Acknowledge His greatness, acknowledge who He is, which brings us back to His importance, that there is no other name under heaven in which one might be saved. The invitation is to acknowledge the holiness of God. Second, there's an invitation to recognize that you're accepted into the family of God. It's a name. When we think about names, Levi, uh, my son, recently, for whatever reason, uh, I think he even said it to Charles of param recently. I don't remember who. We were having a conversation where he told uh, you that he wanted to change his name from Levi McNeely Nason to Levi Nason McNeely. Right? He just wanted to change his last name. And he's been having that conversation. And honestly, I can't really figure out why he wants to change his last name. And we've been trying to explain to him, no, the reason why your last name is what it is because it's a family name. It, it speaks to that you are a part of this family. Family. It's a family name. And I want us to see that the name of God is a name that when you and I, why are we called Christians? Because it's a name that designates our family. It's a name that says Christ. We are of Christ. We are Christians. That's literally what it means. That you are of the family of Christ. When we understand and revere the name of God, we're acknowledging His holiness and we're recognizing that, that that's, that's the name of my family. It's the name of my family. I've got brothers and part of having brothers and you get this with family or it could be with brothers or sisters. It doesn't really matter. But I can pick on my brothers and I can mess with my brothers, but you better not mess with my brothers. You better not mess with my family. Now I might be the meanest to my brother and that's okay because we're brothers and I shouldn't be, but you get the idea that it's oftentimes I can, I can mess with my brother, but if you start messing with my brother, we got problems. Why? Because he's a part of my family. That, that, that the family matters, that we are, we are together. We have the same last name. And what I love about even that story is my brother, who's a year older than me, the one I'm specifically referencing, the one that was eight years older than me, uh, who's the police officer, I've never been able to beat him up, even when I was younger, because he was eight years older than me, Than even now, I just can't. And um, anyways, but my brother, who's one year older, um, he's adopted, And part of being adopted is that he didn't originally have our last name. And also he doesn't have the 6'6 genes. And so I have a lot of reach and size on him. And so therefore, I've always been able to pick on him and beat him up. So when I say that he's my brother because he has my last name, it's literally just because he has my last name. He's not brother by birth. He's not brother by blood. He's brother by name. And that's the way it is oftentimes with us as we recognize Christians. We were not born into the family of God. We were adopted, we were redeemed by Jesus, and we were accepted into his name. And this is our name now. Therefore, we revere it, we respect it, and we treat it as we recognize we are accepted into the family of God, and we are part of that name. And then lastly, we are ambassadors of the reputation of God. The invitation to God's name is to acknowledge the holiness of God, Recognize we're accepted into the family of God and to be ambassadors of the reputation of God. I already gave the illustration of the bumper sticker, but this is what I mean here. Is that you and I go and represent the name of Jesus. And that you and I need to live every single day as if that bumper sticker was on our forehead. As we go and represent the name of Jesus and we go and we specifically in this sermon where we started it, We go as ambassadors and we proclaim that there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why one of the reasons why I get up here and preach is because of this truth. I want to be ambassador for the name of Jesus. And so I pray that you accept the invitation to God's name today, that you would accept to recognize and acknowledge the holiness of God, the meaning that you revere him and revere his name, that you won't use his name in blasphemy, profanity. You won't use it flippantly, just making it common, and you won't use it in hypocrisy in how you live your life. That you acknowledge the holiness of God. You're accepted into his family by surrendering to him as Lord and Savior. And then you go live your life as an ambassador of the reputation of God. Because oftentimes what people think of us as we bear the name of Jesus will greatly affect what they think of Jesus. Whether you like it or not... You do have a bumper sticker on your life if you claim claim Christ as Lord. And it will affect how others not only think of you, but how they see and think of Jesus. And so we must live in that way. So I want to encourage you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment of response. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is NYC. Our website is newhopeny.org. If you are in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 164-2 Gothels Avenue in Jamaica, Queens. We're praying for you, and we hope to see you soon.